Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. Welcome to the First Baptist Church of Tryon. Thanks for stopping by our YouTube channel and watching today's sermon. We're grateful that you would gather with us in this way. And I do want to remind you, as I do at the start of all these videos, that we worship on Zoom together at 11 a.m. And we would love to have you in the description link below. There are details about how you can join us for worship and the other offerings that we have at this time, with most all of those happening. Uh, online. Our scripture reading this morning is from the end of Jonah, and it's wonderful. <laughs> it's a, Jonah is such, it's just, it's a fantastic book. It's one of my favorites. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he said he would bring upon him, upon them, And he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, is this not what I said while I was still in my own country? This is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He he sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush, and so it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And Jonah said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city? in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Jonah is brilliant for several reasons, but here's at least one reason why you should think Jonah is brilliant. Brevity. The entire book is only 48 verses long. It takes less than 10 minutes to read the entire account of the most successful preacher in the history of the world. Now, Jonah was certainly a reluctant preacher, as many preachers are, especially to begin with, but his reluctance is surpassed by his greatness, by his success. And his success may or may not be related to the brevity of his sermon. Now, we all know that correlation does not imply causation, but you got to wonder here, should we preachers? At least give it a try and see if it might work out. Little short sermon that's so effective. In in the Hebrew, it's only five words long. I mean, that's short. And the truth is, I've I've already gone way more than five words, or I would try it this morning. I was going to. I was going to give you a little five-word sermon, and then, oh, I got carried away. Maybe next week. Probably not. But... Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to give them any words. (laughs) He did not want to go at all. And so you know the story. He hops on a boat and heads in the exact opposite direction. Well, the boat gets tossed about by a storm, and finally those on board toss Jonah overboard, where he is tossed around in the waves. And then is swallowed by this giant fish and he lives in the belly of this big fish for three days and then the fish finally upchucks him on the beach which is when he decides well okay i guess i'll go to nineveh after all and that's when he preaches the shortest sermon that i've ever heard five words in the hebrew a few more in english 40 days more and nineveh shall be overthrown that's it that's the whole thing. Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. I mean, that's a that's that's a short tweet, much less a sermon. And then something happens that almost never happens. The people listen. <laughs> Jonah preaches, and they listen. Now, some folks will tell you that this story of Jonah is really hard to believe. Because it's, it's, it's hard for them to believe a story where a human being is swallowed by a fish and stays in his belly for three days. We preachers think there's something even more difficult about the story to buy. Something more difficult to believe. That Jonah preached and the people listened. What? <laughs> I mean, I can buy him living in a fish for three days, but him preaching and the people listening? Are you kidding me? I mean, really? They listened. Jonah says, repent, and by golly, they repent. Every last single one of them repents. The people repent. The king repents. Even the animals repent. It is the most successful sermon in history. And, of course, Jonah is pleased. No, he's not pleased, actually. In fact, he's displeased. He's angry. 
This is why I didn't want to come in the first place, Lord. I knew it. I knew you'd pull this. I come preach a message of gloom and doom, and then you just let them off the hook. I knew that you are gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. I knew that you were ready to relent from punishing. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't want you to forgive them, Lord. I want you to destroy them. And this is the part of the story. This is the part of Jonah where it feels like we're looking in the mirror. <laughs> if you cannot relate to Jonah, Jonah's ang anger about his enemies not getting what they deserve, if you cannot relate to that, I think it's probably because you're fooling yourself. You're not being honest with yourself because let's just be honest. I can't see you, so you can even raise your hand and nod your head. I'm not going to know. Be honest now. Don't you just hate it when God forgives the wrong people? Or to say it a different way, don't you enjoy it when certain people get what they deserve? When they fall on their face? When they fail? The, the Japanese have a saying for it. The misfortune of others tastes like honey. And the Germans, of course, have a word for, for it. They have a word for everything, right? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. It's the malicious joy we get from enjoying someone else's suffering. Especially when we think they deserve it, right? Be honest. How about this student who always gets A's? They get A's on everything. They've never gotten a B in their life, and their parents tell you about little Johnny all the time. He's so smart. He's brilliant. And then little Johnny, his last year of high school, he has a couple of B's, and little Johnny doesn't get into the college of his choice. Oh, it's so sad. I almost shed a tear for him. Or or how about Little Miss Perfect? Oh, she wasn't, but everyone thought she was, right? And she got all the awards and all the accolades and then and then a decade out of high school, you hear that Little Miss Perfect went through a divorce and she put on about 50 pounds and it just breaks your heart, doesn't it? Or or how about that successful CEO who has such an upstanding reputation in the community, and yet you know he made all of his money through these really cutthroat business practices. And one day, it catches up with him, and you see him on TV in handcuffs as they haul him off to jail. Oh, it breaks your heart, doesn't it? Or finally, what about that? What about that holier-than-thou minister? Mm-hmm. Yep, who just runs down the list every Sunday of all the things you shouldn't be doing and all the ways that you are coming short and all. Oh, you should be more like him, right? And then one day, he resigns 
because of unethical behavior. Now, they won't tell you exactly what it is, but you can probably figure it out. And you just, well, you kind of rejoice, don't you, when that happens? <laughs> Be honest. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that we should enjoy the suffering of others. That's not something to be proud of. It's not something to which we should aspire, but it is something that we humans do. And it's exactly what made Jonah so mad. Jonah didn't want God to have mercy on them. These Ninevites are Assyrians. They're Assyrians for crying out loud. They're the ones who ransacked the kingdom of Israel and took them into captivity. I don't want God to have mercy on these people. I want God to destroy these people. Jonah despises these folks, and God should despise them too. But here's the thing. It turns out God doesn't despise all the same people that we do. Anne Lamont says it this way. She says, you can safely assume that when God hates all the same people that you do, uh, be sure you have created God in your own image. And we do. All the time. And so Jonah is disappointed and he goes out of the city to sulk for a while and the Lord gives him a shade tree and Jonah's grateful for a shade tree because look if i'm going to be angry about things i at least should be in the shade and be angry about them right without the sun beating down on me and then on the next day the lord sends a worm to eat the bush and so the bush withers and now the sun is beating down on jonah and jonah says i wish i was dead and the lord says really Really, Jonah, you're angry about this little bush for which you had nothing to do? I mean, you didn't grow this thing. You didn't plant it. And you're angry now that it's gone away and you wish you were dead. And yet, and yet, you don't think I should be concerned about Nineveh, these people I created, these people made in my very image. And you don't think I should be concerned about them? You think I should just smite them and destroy them and do away with them? Maybe the people of Nineveh, maybe they weren't the ones who really needed saving. Turns out Jonah is the one who needed saving which is how it always turns out. Because none of us are able to see the world and the people who make it up in the way that God does. None of us. Turns out we are the ones who need saving again and again and again. Thanks be to God that God is gracious and that God is merciful. 
thanks be to God. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, who is our Lord and our brother. And guess what? Even us disciples need saving. You are children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. Amen.